Good afternoon. Uh, it's Harold Hutchinson, Head of UK Research at Investec. I'm joined this afternoon by Mark Elliott, who's our Senior Analyst in Energy Technology, and by Martin Young, our Senior Analyst in Utilities. Uh, we're here a bit uh, to talk about hydrogen. Uh, Mark wrote a note, Hydrogen Beyond Combustion. Uh, that's the focus. Um, and I suppose to kick this off, Mark, look, as I understand it as a generalist, there is a consensus that electrification is at the heart of the energy transition. But there's a good deal less consensus on the role that hydrogen will play in that. Now, your recent note argues strongly that the pace of change is accelerating towards hydrogen solutions in this uh, energy transition. So maybe to kick this off, could I ask you, could you give us some indicators uh, that would show us that this acceleration is actually happening? And maybe give us also some of the main drivers of hydrogen momentum. Thank you, Harold. So I guess very currently we can turn to the recent listing or it was done through a reverse IPO, um, uh, reverse takeover of uh, Nikola, the uh, fuel cell truck maker in, uh, in, in the US. And I believe yesterday on their first day of trading, the stock went up 103%. Uh, and they're sort of north of 24 billion as a market cap all of a sudden. And that, this has been building for a while. And Nikola is basically a hydrogen fuel cell uh, truck uh, company. They're trying to be the Tesla uh, of the trucking world, one might say. Um, and in effect, if you want to decarbonize and depollute some of these heavy industries, then hydrogen is the best solution by which to do that. So that's sort of just an incredibly current uh, piece of evidence we've seen. Otherwise, we've seen a lot of stocks with exposure to the hydrogen space have very strong share price appreciation. I went to ITM, uh, Sarah's Power, Nell, Plug Power, um, amongst others. So there's been a lot of activity and also there's been M&A activity in the space. Cummins took, uh, did some M&A uh, transactions last year to secure fuel cell technology. We've seen very recently Daimler and Volvo form a JV uh, with an implied value of about 1.2 billion euros. In effect, Volvo has uh, paid 600 million to form this JV to access the Daimler fuel cell technology. So what we're seeing is some very big corporates with long track records and new entrants um, coming and taking uh, strong positions to secure IP in the fuel cell hydrogen type space at moment. So lots of evidence taking place at the moment. Um, and I think in terms of how it fits within sort of decarbonisation and pollution tackling versus the conventional battery and electrification route, uh, there are limitations to what you can do with batteries, whereas hydrogen in my view, there's no silver bullet to kind of the decarbonization agenda, but hydrogen may be the nearest thing we have to a silver bullet, um, i.e. a means of sort of converting uh, electrons to molecules. And then once you've got them in a hydrogen form, there's a lot more optionality uh, with that hydrogen molecule uh, that is available than if it was just a pure electron. And that optionality ranges from tackling heat, so you can burn hydrogen and generate heat. That heat can be used to heat homes, heat buildings, 
or in certain key industrial processes such as the silicon industry, the cement industry, etc., uh, basically replacing natural gas in burners where you need that intense heat. You can use it to store energy and by storage it compares well to batteries if you really need macro scale uh, days or even weeks and months of energy storage. We have natural geological structures all around us, particularly in the UK, salt caverns, uh, empty gas wells, etc., where you could generate hydrogen, pump it into the ground from green energy and then release it when you need that energy down the road. And it does it on a scale that would be very hard, if possible at all, to achieve with batteries. Hydrogen is also a building block in the chemical industry. Uh, it is uh, a key, you know, it already about 5% of natural gas is consumed to make hydrogen, of which about 50% is used to make ammonia. And ammonia is a circa 170 million ton a year market used in fertilizers. Without ammonia, uh, we would have severe short food shortages around the world because our crops would not get the fertilizer they need. So you know, hydrogen as a commodity is already a major uh, commodity with industrial uses. And other aspects include it's a route to make sort of synthetic fuels for hard for industries which you just can't get away from having a carbon molecule, particularly uh, air transport, which will struggle really. Long range air transport is not really a fe uh, feasible with batteries because of the weight and the range constraint. And then lastly, of course, if you want range, batteries are low energy dense solution. Hydrogen you can carry a lot of energy by mass. It is the highest energy dense fuel that we have available. There are some volumetric constraints around it because it has about a third of the volume, uh, the energy density by volume of natural gas. However, by mass, you get a lot of range out of it. And we did some maths a, long to, uh, a little while ago where we estimate to do the same amount of work that you would get from uh, for, for a long distance truck, you would need about 17 to 18 tonnes of cathode, and that's the energy container of the battery versus about 120 kilograms of hydrogen. So hydrogen is a great uh, route with a fuel cell, which is why Nikola uh, uh, is, is sort of pushing it forward, as are other truck manufacturers. Uh, if you want range and fast turnaround, then the fuel cell hydrogen route is much better. Okay, thanks for that. It seems to be quite a global theme, Mark. But if I was just to say, look, I wanted to focus on the UK, and I really wanted to focus on a few corporate sectors where hydrogen really could be interesting. I don't know whether it's the power sector or through transport or through heat. What do you really think are the main opportunities and areas we should be looking out for in the UK to see this hydrogen theme playing its way through? I think where it's going to start off at is in at a large scale, should we say, is in collaboration with energy companies and probably refineries. So to give you an example, uh, a consortium of uh, ITM or said in Philips 66 uh, is working up uh, a, a study just to sort of investigate tapping some electricity as much as 100 megawatts off the Hornsey uh, wind farms and taking that and converting them to hydrogen to be used directly in the Philips 66 refineries. So I think in within refineries we can see that as a decarbonisation route. It is proposed as one of the solutions to decarbonise uh, the Humber in certain applications. As I mentioned earlier, you can use uh, hydrogen where you would otherwise use a natural gas burner, so there's lots of scope there. Um, another key area that is looking more promising, uh, where there's quite a lot of study work underway at the moment, 
is to help decarbonize heat and work indicated from various studies, including one that's currently underway at Kiel, um, is that if you blend, let's say, as much as 20% hydrogen uh, into natural gas, then you don't really need to change any of the uh, burners, boilers uh, that you have in the home. So this is a arguably perhaps a good way, a non-invasive way, you don't have to get into people's homes, to decarbonize a very major part uh, of our economy. Because of course heat is probably uh, accounts for about maybe 40% of our energy demand in the UK. And if you were to sort of convert that to green hydrogen, 20% of it, that would be a material step to decarbonizing our economy. So I think there's numerous fronts and it will probably start out in that sense. Hydrogen in transport, well, there are bus fleets uh, being developed. There's one in Birmingham, a uh, three megawatt electrolyzer is, is being developed for that at the moment. Um, and I think there's a, two or three buses running around London with testing out the fuel cell operation. So I think in sort of some of these transport solutions, we will start to see them creep in um, and, and certainly uh, more corporate action to follow in that context. Okay, uh, that's uh, that's very interesting. Sounds to be quite a lot going on there. I mean, I might just ask to bring in Martin here with your utilities hat on and thinking about um, the circular economy that I know that you've been looking at in another context recently. Martin, can you pick up any role for hydrogen in this broader circular economy theme or not? Uh, yeah, yes, Harold, I believe I can. If you don't mind, what I thought I'd do is broaden it out a little from a tight definition of the circular economy and link it all in with the energy you know, transition, in particular renewables such as wind and solar, as with both of those technologies being based on wind and natural sunlight cycles, they are actually by definition uh, circular. The need to build more renewables, you know, both nationally and, and globally, is, is well understood. And, and just to put a real world example uh, on that, yesterday, uh, June the 8th, uh, a grouping led by Orsted and Equinor spoke about 1.4 terawatt hours of offshore wind capacity being needed by 2050. There's an issue with both wind and solar. Basically, they are non-programmable forms of generation and they don't necessarily marry up with demand profiles. Furthermore, the, the quantum of new build may well exceed the financial support that is being offered uh, by various governments to develop such capacity. So as such, any new sources of demand that are supportive of capacity build particularly if corporate PPAs or similar can be signed to make those project bankables, are a positive fillip for the development of renewables. Now, the production of green hydrogen using renewable power would be one way of creating this demand, as Mark has already touched upon. And a very good real-world example of this is the Austin ITM wind turbine electrolyzer integration project that's currently being sponsored by Bayes. Another example, of course, would be the Gigastat project that Mark has talked about uh, in respect of industrial scale electrolyzers. And a power offtake contract at this level would undoubtedly assist the bankability of an offshore wind project. I'd also mention that hydrogen can be converted into electricity uh, in fuel cells, with there being circularity, of course, if that hydrogen is green hydrogen produced using renewable energy. So I think in a nutshell, you know, it's pretty clear that the circular economy the hydrogen economy and indeed the energy transition are very much entwined. Okay, well, um, thanks for that, Martin, and also.
thanks to Mark for your insights. Um, I would, to just our listeners, remind you that Mark has written quite a lot on this in a recent note, Hydrogen Beyond Combustion. If you need any further details, uh, have a read at that or contact Mark or Martin directly. Thank you.